0: Hello, and welcome to A Mo Story. I'm Joe Enos, and this is a weekly podcast where I will cover different topics and provide you with stories from my own life. I'm a gay man, an immigrant from the Azores Islands, a brother of seven siblings, a healthcare worker, a Seattle resident, and sometimes a guy with a microphone who's just ranting. Thank you for listening to A Mo Story. And this week, I thought I would discuss a couple things I've learned about the Supreme Court case, which was brought on by Lori Smith. A Colorado web designer who felt that her First Amendment rights were being violated by not being allowed to refuse service to protected classes. Specifically, a gay couple who requested a website from her. A situation that happened to me at work that challenged my thoughts and others' morals. Completing extensive LGBTIA sensitivity training, as well as just some random rants that I wanted to get off my chest. Let me first apologize that this episode is late. I'm on call for work for five days and have been called in quite a bit and been working a lot. So I didn't have a chance to complete it uh, sooner than I wanted to. But thank you again for listening to a Mo Story. And now, without further ado, cue the music. Oh, Lori Smith, Lori Smith, poor little pathetic Lori Smith. You may remember her as our poor web designer who had different views about marriage and felt that Colorado and the United States was hindering her ability to have freedom of speech to deny a gay couple the right to have her create their website. Now, in previous episodes, I said that I thought maybe Lori had had a boyfriend who left her because she was a little dumpy. You know, annoying and he just wanted to fuck her and she probably wanted to talk about God or that her gaze didn't like her, I'm now going to say Lori fucking has no life and she's a big stupid loser. A small town girl who just needed attention and she found the perfect law firm to help exploit her. And she's not a bigot she claims. She does all kinds of work with all kinds of people including those in the LGBT community. Just take a listen to Lori here on Next News 9 in Denver.
1: Today's next conversation is with Laurie Smith, owner of 303 Creative, and her attorney, Kelly Fedoric, senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. They're fresh off their 6-3 victory before the Supreme Court last week, in which the justices held that Lori Smith cannot be compelled by Colorado's anti-discrimination law to create wedding websites for same-sex couples. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: So it has been just shy of a week since the Supreme Court ruled in your favor. And my question is, have you had the opportunity to exercise your right under that ruling to say no to a same-sex couple that's coming to you for a wedding website?
2: Uh, Kyle, I have to step in and say that the the comment is, is not even accurate. The court affirmed last week that the government cannot force anyone to say something they don't agree. I serve everyone. I have clients from all walks of life. I have clients who identify as LGBT. And what the court stepped in to protect is everyone's right to choose which messages they create for. As an artist, I simply want to create for messages that I agree with. So this ruling protects not only me, but the LGBT website designer, the Democrat speechwriter, the pro-life photographer, the Jewish calligraphy um, artist. Everyone should be free to create consistent with what they believe.
0: Now, if you were to go to 303 Creatives, that's her website, you would see that this is not true. Every website, graphic, logo that she's created are all specific to Christian-based organizations or other organizations which she made up. Last weekend after the ruling, I thought I would spend some time on her website and just kind of look over it. At first, I wasn't even able to get on her page because she had security on her website that was reviewing everyone's IP address and you wouldn't be allowed to get on. I'm not sure if it had a fag checker or not, but it wouldn't let me or Helen, my friend, a.k.a. Doug, get on her website for at least two or three days. But then finally, it dropped all the security and we were able to go on. So you may or may not know that my logo for this podcast, I designed myself. I'm not a graphic designer. I didn't go to school for it. But just as a person who has visited a lot of sites, looked at a lot of sites, I even created my One Minimo leather site many years ago, looking at her site, It is very sad. I don't know any gay couple that would even consider this person to make a site. In the words of many drag queens, girl, you're basic. Or in my words, elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. The themes are elementary. They're stock photos. They're not even centered correctly. Her portfolio is a total disaster. This journalist from Next9 Denver does an amazing job interviewing her and questioning her about her work.
1: So I I take that to mean that you have have not had anybody come in for a service that you have felt that you couldn't ethically perform.
2: I have had many requests for same-sex wedding websites. I am looking forward to creating consistent with what I believe, and I've wanted that for seven long years now, while the state of Colorado has coerced and compelled my speech. So I'm certainly looking forward to this next chapter and being able to create consistently with my beliefs and i want that for each and every person
1: i want to make sure that we're just clear on one thing you're talking about the state coercing and compelling your speech were you coerced or compelled to create any speech that you didn't agree with or was this simply a preemptive challenge that you didn't want to be in the future
2: for the last seven years i have remained silenced and censored by my home state of colorado and forced to create messages that go against the core of who i am The state said if you create messages uh, celebrating your belief on marriage between a man and a woman, that I would have to set those beliefs aside to create and celebrate speech, pure speech that the court agrees to, celebrating a view of marriage that I don't agree with. This is compelled speech, and I remained censored and silenced until the Supreme Court weighed in, and they did exactly that. This is not just a victory for me. This is a victory for each and every American. Nobody should be forced to create speech that goes against what they believe.
0: What the Supreme Court did say was that because her work is deemed expressive, that she does not have to create for something she doesn't believe in, because if it is expressive, she wouldn't be able to express exactly what the client would want, which I actually kind of agree with. But there's so many more issues here that have... Nothing to do with her freedom of speech or her expressiveness in her work as a graphic designer. Let's talk about the fact that every time she talks about her freedom of speech, she has to list a culture or a group or someone that she believes is under her or that has no rights and that she is now helping. Bullshit. That is just Her trying to align herself with all of this other bullshit about how she's so open and willing to support people in any way, just not when it comes to the marriage, the message of marriage. And you heard her. She works with lots of LGBTQ people, though her website doesn't seem to reflect that, but she claims she does. Now let's talk about other things that Lori claims she does. One, the fact that she purged herself at a lower court in Colorado and in front of the Supreme Court, making up a fake gay couple who doesn't exist. The Associated Press contacted Stewart, the man she has listed who wanted the gay website for his wedding. He himself, a graphic artist, didn't even know who Lori was, didn't understand why his name was listed on this case, as he lives in Portland, Oregon, is married to a woman for 15 years, and has a child, and has done tons of work, as according to his website, with LGBTQ, and supports the right of everyone to be married to who they want. I hope that Stewart decides to sue her for defamation of character. According to Lori's very own Twitter, 303Creatives, LLC, I never understand why my hatred for others created such hatred for me. All I did was make up a fake request for my website and pursued it all the way to the Supreme Court. In another one of Lori's tweets, she writes, I take offense to that. I made up the underlying facts of my Supreme Court case fair and square. Another tweeter wrote her a message stating that they believed she was a perjurer, and she replied back, How I made up the facts of my Supreme Court case and still won. Thank you for your support. I refuse services based entirely on protected traits. I disagree with even Jesus who said love your neighbor. One more I just found on Twitter that I have to read. She writes, who cares if I made it up? Who cares if I committed perjury? Who cares about standing? I still won. Thank you for your support. After reading all of those really bad tweets, I think it's time for us to do what we have to do. Let's pray. Adorn your southern accent now. Dear Jesus, I stand before you and ask that you take Laurie Smith and you stick her up someone's fat fucking ass and that you may get her a dick or a dildo so that she won't be such a cunt. And I also, Jesus, please help her dress because she looks like a frumpy old attorney from her own fucking law firm that only covers religious stupid people. Amen, Jesus. That was called acting. You're welcome. Oh, but we're not done with Laurie yet. So Lori has all these websites listed that she has created. Upon further review, none of them actually work because they're made-up websites. And then, in the midst of all the basic, ugly websites, a diamond in the rough. The Ohio Sports Apparel website, which Lori created, she states, for an Ohio sports apparel store, which she used the logos of the following companies, Adidas, Puma, Under Armour, Converse, and Nike, the NFL and the MLB, and the National Hockey Association, all of which you may know are registered trademarks that are protected under copyright law and require a license to use. I wasn't sure if poor Lori had known that she had violated this law, so I thought I would help her. I took a screenshot of this, tweeted it out, and included the companies that I listed whose registered trademarks were being used without licensing permission by Lori. Because, you know, I'm a giver, and I wanted to give Lori the ability to also defend herself again for perjury. So I also made sure that the companies that I listed, I sent them individual emails with links to Lori's website showing that she's using licensed trademarks without licensing permission and violating copyright law. Now let's add up all the things we know about Lori. Number one, she's a bigot. Number two, she violated copyright law. Number three, she's a perjurer. Number four, she's not really attractive, or kind of plump. Number five, she's a basic dresser. And number six, the best of all, her website is horrible. And all of the work that you're seeing on there is actually work that she did in college that was part of her assignments. None of it is actually paid client work. I believe if she gets a couple more sixes, she'll be exactly what she should be. Six, 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 the mark of the devil maybe then she can help the devil design his website with basic orange and green and love, live, laugh, fart. Ah, such a Christian message. Coming soon to an evangelist church near you. Lori Smith, the purger, the Supreme Court winner, the gay fighter. You know that's what it's going to be. She's going to be on some stupid Christian circuit talking somewhere. Or on like the old CW, Big Brother. Where are they now? You know, with the people from like different strokes or... Or Betty Lord Maltese, the ex-Cicero mayor who stole money. Or the black man who was in the Shirley Temple Black video when she was two. Or better yet, Hugh Grant's hooker, Divine Brown. Louie's a big shining star, you never know. She might be in a John Waters film eating dog shit. Well, let's just hope she's just eating dog shit. On Wednesday, my co-workers and I were sitting around talking about situations where we felt that morals and ethics should not come to play. I told them of a story that happened to me. We had a patient that was 34 years old who had placenta priva, which is a condition in which the location of the placenta causes the patient to bleed severely during vaginal birth, and she had a potassium deficiency known as factor V, which made her bleed more than others due to clotting issues. Due to the fact that she had the blood deficiency of the factor V and the fact that her placenta priva was one of the most severe that could possibly be. It was decided by her, her husband, her OBGYN team, that she would go ahead and have a hysterectomy and terminate her pregnancy at 14 weeks for her safety. Due to the fact that she still could lose lots of blood during the hysterectomy, it was decided that she would come to our department first, we would place catheters down into the uterine artery and give an embolic agent which would terminate the pregnancy as well as reduce the blood flow to the placenta prior to the hysterectomy. The day before the procedure was to happen, the management team came to discuss it with us and let everyone decide whether or not they wanted to participate in the exam. One co-worker immediately said, I'm out. I morally can't do it. The other said, oh, I'm out, mostly because he was lazy and he didn't even know what he was going to do. And the others didn't say anything, and I immediately said, I'll do it. Now let me explain. I am pro-life in that if you were to ask me, should I keep my baby? I would say yes, but I'm also pro-choice in that I'm not the one deciding whether or not to have a baby or to terminate a pregnancy. It is not my business what a woman chooses to do with her body, nor is it the government's, or health care providers. And I don't agree with laws that restrict this right of a woman to choose. But because my co-workers were given the opportunity to bow out, I didn't say anything. But my true belief is this, as a health care provider... It is not your business to judge or provide your views on what you think is morally right or wrong when it comes to taking care of patients. And in this specific situation, there should have been no moral issue. This was about a woman choosing to live. We are such a baby-obsessed society that we overlook the fact that there is another human being here, a woman who may die from bleeding to death due to having this child. Do you think that at 14 weeks, her, her husband, and their medical team felt good about making this decision? I doubt it. And as we discussed this further with my co-workers, I felt like they were just looking at a woman as some kind of domestic animal or some kind of baby-making machine and that she had no value other than that. Which was kind of sad. But honestly, if they had not been given the choice to bow out, I think that they all should have been fired if they refused. I know you're thinking that's probably an extreme view, but think of it this way. What if a pharmacist refused to distribute HIV medications because they don't believe in gays? or PrEP, or birth control. What if a doctor would not do an emergency C-section on a patient because they were of a different color, or race? This is a very slippery slope. And as healthcare providers, we have to be very careful that we don't put in our own morals and values onto our patients, and we do what we say we're gonna do, which is take care of them. It's good to remember that morals are just that, a belief. And not everyone's beliefs are the exact same, so keep your morals to yourself. Thursday, when I arrived to the hospital, which I'm currently traveling to as a medical traveler, I was informed that I would have to attend extensive LGBTQ sensitivity training. In a hospital auditorium with about 70 people, the presenter introduced herself and gave us her pronouns, which were they and he. I immediately had fucked up and called her she, and so I felt like an idiot. But truthfully, I was kind of excited because I wanted to get the true definitions and understand exactly what... Trans people were dealing with the individual specific sensitivities around it and understanding why pronouns are so important. The presentation started with explaining that this is a very difficult conversation for people and that also it was very important that we understand that in this forum, we would all be able to ask questions and feel safe and not be judged for the questions that we ask. First up was gender identity, which explains what gender you are going by at this time. Gender identity can change and is very fluid for some people. Next was gender expressiveness, which is what you outwardly show to those around you, which could be male, female, or non binary, and also could be very fluid. An example she gave I am a female, she said, but I use male as my gender expression. Now, to not be transphobic, I want to state this clearly I'm not transphobic, but I do have a hard time with some of these principles. She was dressed as a woman, and she was telling us that she uses her expression as a man. So that is why I was confused and kept calling her she. And I get it's only clothes, makeup, hairstyles, and things like that. But it's very difficult when you're telling me that your expression is a man, but your gender is a female, and you're dressed like a female. And also, that at any point, this could all change because it's fluid for some people. I'm just going to refer to her as the presenter because I'm afraid that I'm going to continue to call her she, and she actually, her pronoun is he, and for some reason in my head, I can't get it right. The presenter then talked about how if you do not appropriately identify them by the pronoun that they want, you are essentially possibly outing them, which could be a HIPAA violation. I immediately asked, how is using the wrong pronoun outing somebody? She stated that maybe the people in the waiting room wouldn't know that they were trans, And now you just outed them as trans. I understand that, partly. But I want to say that if I was gendered as a male today, and I decided that I wanted to express myself as a female, you would definitely know that I was trans, regardless if someone said the wrong pronoun or not. I don't have feminine-like characteristics. I have a beard. I have boy-cut hair. I look like a boy. And if I was expressing myself as a female... It would be obvious. It wouldn't be something that anyone would have to say. It would show that I was a trans individual. You are expressing yourself in the opposite of what you identify as your gender. I think that is going to be obvious as well. It's not that it's wrong. It's just going to be obvious. And it's not that anyone's going to be outing you. Remember how I said the presenter was said that this was a safe forum and that you could ask any questions? Immediately, this individual became very upset. You could start to see them fluster, and at one point, they even said that some of the questions so far have been very transphobic, and she was very concerned for all of us. A lengthy discussion around pronouns then followed. Someone asked a question about they, and she explained that they has been used since the 1400s as a singular definition, followed by the current census of patients that we see that identify as LGBTQ in our medical center. At the end of the presentation, everyone filed out. And you could see that people were more angry or confused than they were when they came in. This made me wonder why. But then I realized I was in the same position as they were. And I'm a gay man. I think it's the way that this information is presented. One, it's a lot of information for everybody. Myself included. Two, it oftentimes comes with this caveat that you have to know it all. And you have to know it right. And you have to do it the proper way or else you're offending someone, you're racist, you're transphobic, you're this, you're that. Everyone is trying to do their best, but it is a lot of information. And with things that are fluid, you can't always get it right. And I personally feel like the opportunity to allow us to have conversations with each other, to correct people, to state why we have these pronouns, has gone away. It's as if you ask a question and you're intolerant, and so people avoid the question and sadly, they're avoiding those who are trans because they don't want to offend somebody or be canceled or be told that they're transphobic or that they're a bigot or whatever. And I'll be honest, that's me. I avoid these conversations because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or I don't want to be seen as insensitive, so I just avoid them. I don't use pronouns, and I'll be honest with you, I don't really feel that I need to use pronouns. I joke occasionally that my pronouns are, hey, you, an asshole. But I do that because I don't really think they're that important for me in my life. And I like a lot of people, and I'm glad that they choose their individual pronouns. But we also have to remember this your pronouns, your expression, your individuality is you. You can't expect that everyone's gonna, one, know it, two, be interested in it. There are some individuals that when I meet them, I really don't care what your pronouns are, because I don't really know you. Honestly, And I just follow what my parents taught me, which is, excuse me, miss, excuse me, sir, can I help you? And if that doesn't fit your pronoun or your expression today, I apologize. And finally, time for me to rant. I know what you're thinking, you little bitches. What was I doing before? All right, well, maybe it kind of all is a rant. But now I'm going to specifically rant, okay? When my friend Jay and I went to Pride, I noticed two new themes. One, an old, and one, a new. Boys wearing those earrings like George Michael used to wear in his videos. The little cross that dangles. Or the little piece that clips on the bottom of the ear and then up at the top of the little chain. Oh my god, stop. Please, I can't handle it. That's the old. The new is glitter. And if you know me... I fucking hate glitter. I can't stand it. I have a no-glitter policy. I think I've even trained the dog to bite you if you have glitter. Glitter's other name is stripper herpes. Does no one understand this? And boys, men, you shouldn't be wearing it on your face, on your hair, anywhere. It's disgusting. It's annoying. Whatever happened to the marble Man? I don't think he had a little dangly earring or glitter. I miss him. That's what I mean. I like men who are men. And yeah, you could have some feminine-like features or even expression of some sort if you want. But this is too much. The earring I can handle, barely. But the glitter is the fucking worst. Oh, and don't even get me started on painted fingernails. Give me a guy who just worked outside with dirty fingernails. You know, maybe a couple weird eyebrows. I'm all for it. Glitter? No. Painted fingernails? No. Dangly earrings? You might have to take it off so we can fuck. But otherwise, no. I just want a man who is a basic man. The other part of this rant is the gay websites or apps that have now decided that you can't choose by race or by individuals that you don't want to see and that you have to see everyone because they deem it's racist. Like I just previously said, I like men. I would love to date the Marlboro Man, minus you know all the smell of his cigarettes, but still. Anywho, I like men who are men. I like African-American men. I like white men. I like... Latin men. I like some Asian men. But it doesn't mean that I'm racist if I choose to look specifically for the type of man in my head that I like. This person has been wired in my head since I was a child. It's what I'm sexually attracted to. It doesn't mean that I'm racist. Everybody has a preference and everybody has a like. Would you rather I lie and say that I do like somebody when I don't? I mean, that seems worse and seems way more racist than if you were to tell the truth and say, sorry, you're not an individual that I'm interested in. Good luck. But specifically, Scruff has decided that if you do do that, you're a racist, which I don't agree with and I think it's stupid because it doesn't make any sense. You're going to make people look at people that they're not interested in and it doesn't change who they're sexually attracted to. All right, you're off the hook. I'll get off my soapbox now. I want to again thank everyone for listening. I apologize for the clicks. My MacBook is starting to die and I have a new one on order which will help to reduce all those clicks, the little mouse feature is starting to get stiff and as I click it the microphone is picking it up so I apologize this is a mo story please review subscribe and we'll see you next week with a new episode and I want to thank everyone who's been listening to date I'm up to 155 uh, downloads which I think is so amazing and I want to thank you all so much